Hello you seekers, explorers and adventurers out there. Welcome to this first real episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. In this episode we're going to be discussing control as it applies to our lives in terms of uh, what we try to control, what we can control and what we can't control. As when we try to control all external aspects of our life we tend to come up against resistance and how do we deal with that and how can we uh, best avoid coming up against resistance. This episode is uh, was recorded in front of a live audience if you like with the audience members being able to put give their input and uh, their suggestions their thoughts pose questions that uh, we all collectively got to answer so a very exciting format hearing from real people from real walks of life and i'm very grateful for the uh, depth of wisdom that everybody contributed and i able to contribute in this recording as uh, you now get to listen to all the uh, discussions that we had and i suspect you will thoroughly enjoy it now if you want to uh, explore these themes and aspects that we bring up in these podcasts further for yourself you can contact us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk to be a uh, enroll in our coaching program and uh, work with us to uh, explore your passions and purpose and uh, finding how to become the optimal version of yourself. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and here we go. I wanted to start with a, um, uh, with a quote from uh, uh, Steve Maraboli in his book, Life, the Truth of Being Free. Uh, and it goes like this, incredible change happens in your life when you decide to take control of what you do have power over instead of craving control over what you don't. And that to me encapsulates the illness of control. Control, it permeates every aspect of our lives. We spend our lives you know, trying to control our careers, our love life, our partners, our children, our cars breaking down, whatever it is, we try to exert control. It creates resistance. And that resistance is what becomes the quote unquote illness. But the control, as you mentioned earlier, Barbie, uh, becomes the um, addiction. So when we can release ourselves from control, we can experience flow, clear intuition, and just an acceptance of the process. Looking at control in our lives, what we can control, in my mind, are three things. Your actions, your words, and your thoughts. Anything else is outside of your control. So what I start every morning with Uh, when I sit and meditate is that I visualize my energy around me and I say, you know, this area I have 100% control over. I give myself permission to have 100% control of the energy within this area. Anything outside of this, I don't have control over and therefore I give everybody else permission to control that. And that starts off my mindset for the day, at least. So when I encounter things, I immediately have that in mind. Is this something I can control? 
So I become, so the, the, the question really comes down to being the observer or the passenger. Do you want to be an observer of your life or a passenger of your life? So some, and this is where I'd like to open up a little bit of a discussion. Can we be drivers of our lives? So I'll throw that out there. So I say, want to be an observer or passenger, but can you be the driver of your life? Anybody want to chime in on that one? I would love to. Um, I sure. believe that you're absolutely right, that there's many times when you, be, when you are the observer, it's like that third person that's like watching you going like, what, what the hell are you doing? And then there's also the times where you're just, you kind of feel like things are happening to you. But I feel like now there's, when you, when you live a life with intention, I feel like you become the co-creator. You're not necessarily the driver, but you're the co-creator because you bring in that extra source energy that comes that is almost like a wind that propels you forward with the new vision of yourself. So that's what I see as the possibility of being the driver, but you have the passenger with you at all times that's helping you to, so you become the vehicle almost yourself. I think that's beautifully put. I, I would uh, agree with that. And I, I suppose from, with my analytical mind, I would categorize it uh, more as uh, your, your your awareness becomes the observer, your consciousness or conscious mind becomes the passenger as you co-create with the universe. So the, you drive, to, you become the driver together with the universe. You, or you, you kind of tell the universe, this is where I want to go. And it drives you there, right? As, am I understanding yep. you correctly there? Yeah, it's like it's like the universe becomes the GPS, but it's yeah. also that I think the small mental self is so limited in so many ways because it says, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. But then when you really surrender into the process, all of a sudden source energy says, but I can give you so much more. Yeah. And I think to allow that space to happen, it, I mean, right now I'm watching in my own life, just all of these things open up that I could never have created myself. But I'm opening. I've, I've seen I've seen your stories on uh, Telegram. Uh, the, you have uh, some wonderful, huge things happened in your life in the past six months, haven't you? Yep. So, so then, do we become the observer at that point? Do we kind of just observe in awe of the amazing stuff? I, I suppose from that point of view, we would have to become the observer to be able to prepare ourselves for those opportunities, wouldn't we? Yes, because we also have to keep it real. We, none of it can be bullshit, excuse my French. It all has to be 100% real. This is a podcast, real. so you can, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll allow that, Barbie. <laughs> if it's not authentic, if it's not genuine, if it's not real, then you're not going to, you're not, the, the car's not going to drive. It's no. just not going in. No, exactly. No, I think that's uh very well, uh, very well put. Is there anybody else want to kind of chime in on that and share some uh, insights? Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, thank you very much because this is very wonderful. You know, plenty of wonderful metaphors, and I really appreciate this conversation. Um, and yeah, kind of, 
I think that you need to be a little bit of both. You need to be, because I like this Freudian saying, and like when he compared like conscious mind to a subconscious mind, and he used the metaphor of iceberg. So, you know, it's only like only tiny percent of uh, everything that we experience goes into like conscious mind. And a lot of processes are unconscious. And I suppose that if you lose this ability to drive your conscious mind, you are just driven by your subconscious drives and then you know you very often gets um obsessed with control because your ego your actions want to be satisfied and they by usually physical things very often physical things you know i just want a new car i want a new phone i want you know better job i want this xyz and then we got into that stage that we really uh, experience hedonic adaptation that no matter what you go for and no matter what you achieve you're never gonna be fully satisfied because your subconscious mind you know is throwing all the things at you that you don't have time to resolve and go through but if you let yourself to observe all of that and witness and experience that yeah you know I've got feelings I've got emotions then awareness of that enable you to drive those feelings so you know i can by observing and driving and i'm i'm aware that i might be angry i'm aware that i might be scared i'm aware that you know negative things like shit happens but you know i know that it's gonna be okay and if i just trust my process and rather than me being trying to control fear and control anger like just let myself experience this i'm detaching myself from from it i don't know whether it makes any sense but it's just like if i'm trying to control anger to the extent that or fear or whatever to the, ex to the extent that uh and and but i'm trying to avoid push it away um i think i create like huge discrepancies because more i want to push the fear away or anger away more pain and anger and that uh, misery I experience if I just let it experience let it be I'm I'm aware of this after some time it just you know those feelings fades away and I can just experience yeah okay clear judgment and I can drive through those emotions and feelings so that's kind of my take on this and yeah. no, I don't no. know whether it's right or wrong but no 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 I mean god this is philosophy so there's uh <laughs> neither right nor wrong it's it is what it is and uh, we'll, i will uh, talk we'll talk about truth in a in another podcast but uh, there as many people there are in the world as many truths are there in the world um so it's but no you're absolutely right and if that really goes into if we talk about uh, the un uh, unconscious or the yeah, the unconscious approach to the control, uh, where you try to control everything that goes on in your life. So you try to control your relationships, you try to control your career. And as I said previously, then you end up in a, in a state of resistance, uh, where you, you get stuck in this control pattern uh, with whatever you're trying to control. And then suddenly a boss comes in and says something that is going to throw you totally off, not realizing that you can't control your boss. And then you try to control that 
creating more resistance uh, and so forth. Uh, so it's, uh, it is that balance between uh, having the awareness over the things that you can't control uh, is certainly one, one of the key aspects as you touched on, uh, Carol. Um, Can I ask a question? Sure. I, I know you said you're originally from Sweden and you're currently in the UK, right? That is correct. Okay, so I'm in US and we have really hardcore lockdown rules and all sorts of things. Schools are closed, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And I know you guys are going through that too. So I'm just curious, what is your take on the control aspect of trying to have a public health? Because there are a lot of people right now that are looking at, they feel like this is overt control to you know, man manage a population based on a public health crisis. But now, so I'm just curious, what is your take on all of, you know, I mean, because we have different people that are handling it in positive ways, and then we have other people that are handling it in this like insane way. So it, it, all of them still have the different kinds of, of power, so to speak, but it's also the power of the individual. So I'm, I'm really curious as to what your take is on it. Yeah, um, and the overarching, energy there to me is fear or not fear so if you enter an experience a, a big experience like like this on a collective uh, level uh, if you enter it with a overarching energy of fear that is how you will experience it and you will try to control many aspects of because fear drives control um it fear drives the the conscious mind to try and control every aspect of the experience um so a lot of times you know i see you know people that are far along on their spiritual journeys if you like uh that succumb to a lot of the fear-mongering aspects of the conspiracy theories now my perception of all of these things like looking at uh, the challenges with vaccines and uh, government uh, overreaching uh, you know who you know uh, whatever <laughs> conspiracy theories are out there at the end of the day i say is it something i can uh, i can control and if i answered that it's out of my control, then it's not something I need to really engage my energy with. I don't need to get involved in, uh, for example, government lockdowns. Is it something that I need to fear? Is it something that's going to happen whether I do something or not? Then I just allow it to happen. I just allow it to be because it's an experience I'm supposed to have. And it's, the only thing I can control in that is, you know, what are my thoughts around it? Are, am I ca uh, keeping compassionate thoughts towards myself and others? Uh, are my actions in alignment with uh, my truth and my, my authentic self? It's when you start going down the, the spiral of fear that's when you you're going to come up against that resistance of control again does that make sense barbie oh com completely because actually um the article that i just wrote it was all about the fact that in march that was exactly my experience of that 
I had what I would consider abject fear. I mean, I had my heart center was just lit up with this intense feeling that I'd never experienced before. I was feeling everyone else's emotions, mm -hmm. but I made a choice. I said, nope, I'm going to decide that how, how am I going to mitigate this? So at the time, luckily I was in Christy Marie Sheldon's group and we did all the clearings of the, you know, clear and transmute, clear and transmute, clear and transmute. So it was just really focusing that anytime that my brain wanted to go into that fear mode, it was just, nope, any, anywhere and everywhere that there's any fear in my body, clear and transmute, bring in the light, bring in the light, bring in the light. And then I found myself expanding and then I created a neighborhood watch group in my neighborhood. And then I helped out with, you know, different people with, and I found that it literally took over on its own and I didn't have to handle it anymore because it was just making that choice to decide which direction am I going to go in. And I agree with you that the fear is the most, it's the most insidious thing because we've had this normal life and everything has kind of gone in this one direction. And then everything is just kind of like made a left turn and some people are thriving and other people are just falling apart. And, yeah, I, and think I think one, one of the things that comes into play here is the, um, the, the fact that we, we experience of, we see the future and present experiences through the filter of our past experiences. Um, so if we are still unaware of the gifts and lessons that we're supposed to have from our past experiences, uh, those, that filter might be through fear and, and uh, resistance as yep. you look to the future experiences. Um, and I heard a, heard a, uh, I listened to the uh, one podcast um, uh, with uh, Peter Diamandis and uh, Dan Sullivan uh, called um, Exponential Wisdom. And I, I loved one of the quotes they used there was saying that, you know, it's not that uh, the best in people come out when uh, there's a crisis. It's the uh, lowest level of preparation that becomes revealed in the crisis. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I've really seen it as, you know, my contribution and my responsibility to contribute to the collective is to keep myself rid of fear and present the best optimal version of myself. And that, that's the best thing I can do to help the, uh, the um, wow. community. That's awesome. Is, that is a very excellent point. Like I was watching the podcast with uh, Lex Friedman and Lisa Feldman Barrett today. And it was one of the things that um, they were discussing. And actually, this is one of the things that I was reading in. Uh, I think it was in like... It was even in Homo Deus, or it was in the 21st lesson for 21st century by Yuval Noah Harari. So it's um, this uh, professor of history at the University of Tel Aviv. And one of the things that he was saying is like for the humanity and for, the, you know, for, the, for our species to unite, it's like we need crisis. We need crisis to, you know, to, to, to go above like this national divisions, like religious divisions. We need like almost like alien species to, <laughs> you know, uh, to invite us so humanity can go together. And actually, if you look at this, like COVID-19 is almost like uh, alien species, you know, it's the alien species that is killing people. 
And we don't see that. Like the social media and the media itself, they're just generating fear. Mm. And they, they, and what I realized during the pandemic that the fear and going into that isolation, it's not the way forward. What we need to do is just open the platform for people to express themselves. So it's like, you know, it's like, uh, what Fyodor, uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky said, like, you know, if you are scared of something, like if you've got this white polar bear, you can't avoid avoid it. You need to just stare at it. Like, so don't think of, you know, of the white polar bear, just talk about this all the time. Yeah. And when you've got like emotional reaction, whether this is to COVID or whether this is to isolation, don't close yourself, just talk to people, be compassionate and open your heart to experience of others and you will be able to understand yourself better as well absolutely and i so I, I, I would like to see that messages you know in the, so like in the mass media saying that you know guys don't we're not gonna promote fear anymore we're just gonna promote love yeah and i i think the media is a good example there's so many people that get angry with the media and angry with people that disagree and i mean we have this this uh, immense polarization across the world today. Um, and the polarization is a manifestation of that uh, fear and the need to control. Um, so, and the media is just, they're just playing in, they're just tapping in. So I, I think from, it's important to not blame media or get angry with media or, you know, because then you're ju just generating fear and anger within yourself uh, for against the media. So again, you can't control the media. It's again, you ask yourself the question, can I control it? No. So just the, you know, don't engage yourself with it. Right. So it's, and you were talking there, um, and it's a good segue into uh, the feelings, uh, thoughts and feelings. So I said before, the three things that we can, uh, I feel that we can control are, are thoughts, our words, and our actions. So when it comes to our thoughts and feelings, uh, do we feel, do we think that we can control our feelings? I don't think you have to control your feelings. And I really, I appreciate what, uh, is your name Carol? I, yeah. I really appreciate what you just said. That was amazing because you just reminded me, I, I love Dostoevsky's notes from the underground when he's talking about spiraling into the abyss and that you just, it's literally, that's a perfect example of where there's absolutely no control. And it's the same thing of when you try to control what you eat or what you do, et cetera. I know for myself, if I, I don't eat sugar almost ever, I don't I, it used to be an addiction of mine, but I don't really eat it anymore because I just allowed myself to have it. So mm -hmm. if I wanted ice cream, I said, you know, instead of thinking like you were saying about the polar bear, oh, I want ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. I would just go and have a little bit of ice cream and then I would find that I was bored with it because I had it and I was done with it. But it's almost like you have these little feelings that come up that need to be placated. And then once they're done, they're done. Mm -hmm. And that was such a profound statement that you're absolutely right. That, you know, talk about the polar bear until you're, it's, it's like you, you almost have to digest it and push it out of your system. But it's even that same thing with the control of the social media. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat. I barely have my picture out there any, any place because to me, I also don't want to have 
the addiction to the likes and the dislikes and how many followers do you have and all this bull crap that is like just not relevant because it's really about the quality of the company you keep. And I appreciate you guys for keeping this at a very, very high level. I appreciate intelligent people because it just doesn't seem to be that many people out there anymore who are. You know, I mean, you know, talking about Dostoevsky, et cetera, if you talk to the average person, they'd be like, who? But it's just <laughs> having the opportunity. I really believe that it's important not to do spiritual bypass. And any of my coaching um, clients that I have, don't go through spiritual bypass. Don't pretend everything's fine. You have, no. to, uh, you, know, you have to basically address the fact that, yes, you're feeling fear. Yes, you're feeling pain. Yes, you're feeling shame. But then you transmute it and you move on because it's out of your body. So, so thank you for that. That that's definitely, um, I think a lot of people, especially in personal growth, they just want to pretend like everything's great and that, Oh, look at this program was so wonderful, but they don't really get to the root. Well, and it's, it comes down to control again. It's yep. the idea that you can control your feelings. You can be aware of your feelings and you can, the awareness, and this is from my point of view, uh, what I tend to do is, when I again, when I sit in my meditation, I locate areas within my body where I have body sensations, and I just sit there and observe it. And inevitably, some sort of an emotion or feeling, or uh, it might be a color or word association, whatever comes up, and it's that act of just observing and allowing it to have space and allowing it to come up, up and be recognized and heard because it's there to communicate something to you and you just observe it without any judgment and then it transmutes and lifts out. And it's when you try to control it by suppressing it or changing it, then you, again, you come up against resistance, right? And it's when you release that resistance and you allow it to just happen that things flow and you, you don't experience that negative, uh, you don't have that negative experience with it. So even if it's a pain, yeah. even, even if it's a painful experience, uh, painful emotion, you can see it for what it is. It's part of you it belongs to you and therefore it's part of your experience and you, and you can accept it more. Um, you can still feel the pain, but it's part of your journey. You accept it as part of your journey, right? So, you so, that yeah. is so brilliant. That is so brilliant. And you know, Christopher, honestly, I feel like you should do some sort of a, an online course of some sort of where you literally take that because you're almost talking about doing, energetic surgery on your body to be able to literally pinpoint and say okay on my knee i have this feeling of pain that's attached to this etc cetera, etc cetera. i think that would help a lot of people if you literally i mean and then add a color to it and allow it to release because look at like the emotion of jealousy jealousy mm -hmm. is the most they call it the little green monster it's one of those things that where people who become jealous it's almost like they get taken over by the emotion and they cannot get out of it yeah. and if you were to literally find a little piece of jealousy and you could let it release it doesn't take over the body i, I yeah. think that is brilliant yeah no it, yeah. it, it is such a useful tool and uh carol um i'm gonna put your i'm gonna spotlight you here now um, thank you very much 
so a couple of things that I really want to say. So thank you very much, Barbie, your feedback. And I, I really do appreciate what you've said. Like you, you made my day. Thank you very much. I'm sending you love and peace. Uh, and the second thing, um, when it comes to emotions, I kind of in the last few weeks, I slightly changed my pro approach to emotions. Because what I was doing before, I was like labeling it. So I was thinking like, yeah, I feel angry or, you know, I feel anxious or I might have fear or being jealous or whatever. And now when I sit down and meditate, I'm like, um, basically what I'm trying to do is just like observe raw energy. And just think like, is it really anger? Or I, you know, I had a very intense um, physical exercise training and it's my just body, you know, trying, uh, asking me for rest. And I'm basically putting, sticking the label that, yeah, I, I feel pissed off, but am I really? Or is it just my interpretation of what I experience? Is that, is, you know, that label, anger or fear or whatever? Well, so it's just the label, it's just my interpretation of the reality, and it might not be. So if it is, if it is just uh, in my interpretation, why do I need to be hooked on that? And why do I need to control, you know, try to control and being addicted to feeling happy? Because again, happiness, it can be just a label. So I just want to experience, I just want to breathe and enjoy the weather. <laughs> I don't need anything else. Well, that, that's, that's releasing your expectation on the outcome and releasing uh, the resistance, isn't it? But the one, one tool that um, I do use, and just going back to what you were saying, Barbie, uh, and I teach it in uh, the med uh, guided meditations uh, groups that I run, uh, is this idea of having a trigger word like one and you, you hear that in your mind. So when you experience, uh, for example, um, uh, jealousy, you observe that you're, uh, you're experiencing and you hear the word one in your head and it detaches you from the emotion and you put yourself in the observer seat. So you, no long, you, you take yourself out of the passenger seat and you become the observer. Because when you observe it, it and don't engage your energy, it very quickly loses its, um, its grip on you. And you may have to repeat that process like, you know, every 10 seconds over the next 10 minutes if it's severe enough. But it's that observation and just allowing it to be that releases it. Does that make Are sense? Well, gestalt basically of where you almost put yourself in the other chair and then you have the conversation because I know I've I've observed that I've done that in trios with clients before and it's the most powerful thing I I mean that that is honestly a really really powerful technique to be able to have you know okay you're upset with your parents or you're upset with your mother let's put her in the chair and see what she has to say to you and then it's like you know the person physically moves to the chair and then all of a sudden these words come out that they're really surprised to hear and then the neutral observer kind of like helps to release that energy and and, and peel it off from the body yes it's, uh, similar to that but it's uh, it's an internal process so you, you okay. so instead of uh, putting yourself outside your body if you like you put yourself you just move your awareness slightly to the side or slightly behind so say you're having your experience at the front of your body 
mm. you just move your uh, awareness kind of to the back of your head or middle of your head or back of your shoulders, somewhere where you can just observe the uh, body sensation and, mm. the, and the emotion. So that you, you take, you remove yourself from the spiral and the energy of, of the process uh, of the emotion and that way you can observe it and let it have space without you uh, engaging with it and uh, expending your precious energy on it does that make well, sense absolutely and you know what tomorrow is thanksgiving and that always brings up emotions for tomorrow's thanksgiving It'd be a perfect time to <laughs> yeah well in america it is anyway so yeah it's so the, in terms of feelings, I think the, from my point of view, no, I don't control my feelings. They will arise when they arise and they come up because they're trying to tell me something and I don't control the outcome of them. I can just observe them and just by observe, observing them, I can go through them. So that's the, the idea from my point of view of uh, control when it comes to thoughts and feelings now your thoughts that's a different kettle of fish i believe um, because i i know i can control my thoughts right that's from my point of view anybody have any thoughts on that i i i know i think about the kind of the hindu idea of the monkeys of the mind and i know that that's definitely it takes a lot of practice after a while yeah. but it's also i think it's that um I know Bernardo Moya from The Best You, he talks about the fact that sometimes you have the internal dialogue that speaks to you in a way that you would never, ever allow anyone to speak to you. Yeah. And that you have, at once you get that inner critic to stop chattering, I think that's when you really get to listen to the truth of who you really are. But it's, um, I, I heard a saying a long time ago that says, you shouldn't, let your, you shouldn't let your mother or anyone live rent-free in your mind. Absolutely. And I, I, I love that. Absolutely, and anyone who's uh, not contributing uh, to to the welfare or the uh, benefit of yourself, you know, if if you have uh, someone who's who's positive and uh, gives you encouragement, sure, then they're paying rent, aren't they? So then, going on to outcome. Outcome is one of those things we always try to uh, uh, control. So say, for example, you're selling a house or you're selling a bike, you're selling something and you say, I want to have this amount for it. And then you go to sell it, uh, say you're selling a house and then it falls through last minute and you have all this fear and anger and uh, frustration come up in you and then Two, three days later, you get a better offer and uh, then you suddenly realize, oh my God, did that fall through so I could get that better offer? Uh, I will guess that most people have experienced this kind of control or uh, process. So let's talk a little bit about that. Anybody want to share an experience where they, they tried to exert control then realize they needed to just stop resisting and go with the flow and things working out. Anybody want to share any uh, thoughts on that? Yes, uh, Amy here. 
I am now still confused by the so-called creative visualization because I thought that's kind of against this um, zero control of our outcomes. For me, creative visualization is something like you want to exert 100% control to your life. But on the other, on the other extreme, we can actually have no control at all. So, so I am still confused. How do we find a balance? Um, is it something that we, we can choose side? See, um, the, the best way I can answer that from my experience is that you're, you're not creating the visualization necessarily for the purpose of this is what I want but you're creating it so that you can stir up the emotion within yourself because it's more about the law of resonance than the law of attraction. So whatever you resonate within yourself, so if you embody good emotion or like uh, positive emotions or things that makes you feel good and you visualize something as you're doing that, then the universe is going to say, oh, it seems like you like this idea. So let me give you some of that. Um, and when we try to control the outcome, we try to control it that we are going to get exactly that thing we visualize, right? So in this respect, it's allowing ourselves to release our expectation of the outcome, i.e. controlling the outcome, and that way, finding ourselves in the flow of, of non-resistance to be open for the potentially better uh, experiences. But you, you're actually creating the emotion that you want to feel when you have that thing. That's what you're actually creating with the visualization. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. That's so beautiful. Right. So, uh, Barbie, I think, uh, sorry, Carol. Uh, Barbie, sorry? You, you have a couple of experiences from this year that you can probably uh, share with us uh, in terms of that. I think you've. Uh, it's one of the things that I've really found that has been so helpful is the fact that um, the universe needs to do what you want. So, the creative visualization to me is almost like um, it's the preparation, it's, it's literally. You know, once you clear off any of your limiting beliefs and then you basically like, I know Vishen Lakiani in our group took us through a really beautiful, I call it a spirit ball exercise, but it's really allowing you and source energy and whatever meeting or whatever experience you're going to have to be able to have all of that kind of like pre pre put together, almost like in a, in a sphere of energy. And then you mm -hmm. send that energy forward beforehand and what I think is that the universe has to be able to read the ethers. So if you're looking for love or you're looking for money or you're looking for a job or you're looking for opportunities, the creative visualization is swooshing what you were asking for on the outside of you so that it's literally almost like a living, breathing thing. And then the universe can grant your wish, so to speak, in that fashion. And most of the time it's way better than you could have anticipated yourself because you are limited and you're stepping into your unlimited self. Yeah. So it, you have to be allowing yourself to be read, but if you 
you know, and, and that's part of a lot of what I do when I do my engagements. I talk to people about reanimating their dreams because a lot of people just give up. They feel like they just go to the day-to-day -day normal, normal, and they're just like, oh, no big whoop. I, I'm 51 years old. I'm going to be 52 next, next February. And it's, to me, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's all about like really putting that effort out and then taking massive action on whatever comes forward and, and trusting that what comes forward is the right thing because you put it out to be by the universe. Yeah, no, I think that's perfectly put. And what one exercise I, I've actually, I do both. I do the uh, visualization, but one exercise I do is I, in my meditation, I say, what would it feel like to dot, dot, dot? So what would it feel like to be uh, wealthy beyond means, uh, well, wealthy beyond measure. And then I try to, within my body, feel that emotion. So how would I feel if I was in that position? Or um, how would I feel if I was, uh, how would it, what would it feel like if I was never to experience illness again? Mm. And try to feel that magic within myself. And it's, it's really, you know, I've never been wealthy beyond measure, so <laughs> I don't know what that feels like. But asking that question, it gives me an insight into what's important to me. If I can't tap into it, then perhaps being wealthy beyond measure is not important to, important to me right now. Then perhaps something, then I need to tap into something else. Perhaps a better question might be, what would it be like if I could uh, help all the refugee, uh, refugee children in, uh, out of Syria? Now, that's a feeling I can feel. Like, that would just be enormous, right? Um, so it's, it's asking the right questions to invoke the right emotions within yourself, to me. And that's also, I think, culturally relevant because I will never forget. I love to travel. I've been to over 35 countries and I've lived on three different continents. And one of my favorite countries in the entire world is Fiji. The island of Fiji is just magical and everything there is alive. And it's like, I just remembered that there were some people that were in huts and other things of where they wouldn't have what would be considered in the Western world, you know, like monetary and material things. But everybody mm -hmm. there just said, Bula, which is their greeting. It's just Bula. Like you walk down the street, thank you for visiting our country and thank you for coming. And it was just like, there was this beautiful thing. And there were all these people that were originally from Sri Lanka because of the sugar canes and then the people from East Africa. And it was just this amazing energy of where everybody there felt like they were rich. They were just, they walked out to the ocean and they caught their food. You know, it's like they had everything they needed and it was so lovely. And then I read a, uh, an article that two years later they brought over Western um, magazines and TV and all of a sudden the, the girls started focusing on different things, et cetera, et cetera. And it really created this almost like a negative shift because all of a sudden they started to have almost that feeling like they were missing out. Yeah. Whereas before everything was perfect. It was just fine the way it was before but the Western ideas of magazines and beauty standards and all this other stupid stuff came in and it really changed their, their perspective. And, and that, that is exactly the same story that uh, Marianne Williamson uh, describes when she went, started going to Nepal back in the uh, 60s, 70s. Um, and people were just 
happy, just joyful and felt uh, abundance and riches. And, you know, they just felt like they were rich in life, right? And then they built the roads up to Kathmandu, like, and, uh, you know, more Western tourists. And the, it was like this idea of poverty become, became imported, as you mm -hmm. described, uh, Barbie. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, and that again comes back to, we try to control the outcome. You know, we try to control our lives to say, this is what I, you know, this is my measure of success because others say that, you know, others say that money is a measure of success. Therefore, I will try to control my internal measure of success towards the materialistic. But once you sit down and you really think about it, you go, hmm, actually, no, material things aren't that important to me. It's more important that I feel uh, validated, I feel, uh, you know, that I've contributed, whatever it may be, that becomes, then you d discover your measure of success and you go, and it's like the, the material, power of materials lose, loses its power of you, loses its control because yeah. you've rel relinquished your resistance to it. Mm -hmm. Can I ask right. a question? Sure, go ahead. What's your um, view on planning in this whole context of control? Uh, planning in uh, what respect? Planning stuff, planning your day, planning life, planning <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, as long as you're open to changes and that yeah. you accept the, the way things unfold, yeah. uh, you know, planning is perfectly uh, valid and something that I think is very useful. Um, yeah. I'm a terribly disorganized person, so the whole Same. idea of, idea of planning comes very uh, is very difficult to me. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's uh, it's a skill that is uh, necessary. It is but, absolutely because if you end up in that void of uh, not knowing where to go, then you need to have that plan in place. But at the same time, if uh, you know, suddenly they call from school and you got to go and pick up your uh, child and it ruins your plan for the day, that you accept that as part of the journey and it's, mm. you allow it to be, you don't resist it. Right. Yeah, I think it's about how you approach the whole concept of planning and are open to changes, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah, I also loved um, Amy's question. I thought it was, uh, was very relevant and profound in terms of creative visualization. Um, because my question has been, like what you said, the law of resonance, you know, when you're doing these visualizations mm -hmm. and a lot of these times you're supposed to just feel like whatever you want has already happened mm -hmm. um, and you get on with your day. And in my mind, I'm just like, does that not create another expectation that it's already happened? And I'm just like, what if it, ha what if it does not happen? You know, well, that's, that the th that's the thing. If you already have the feeling within your body, it's already happened. If something, okay, so if I want to have, say, a big house, whatever, for example. Um, but it's and I it's think not the big house that you want, it's the feeling of having the big yeah. house. Yeah. So, so if you already have the feeling it's already happened, then the house becomes irrelevant. Yesterday, actually, I think this is a really good story that I can share with yeah. you because I had this very conversation with my friend a few days ago. 
he is going through like very very difficult time that he might lose his house and you know a uh, lot lots of stuff but anyway mm. um and he said you know he gave me uh, oh you know carol i just need this x amount of money and i will be happy i can keep you know like maintain my lifestyle and i'm just gonna be happy with that x amount of money and i was i woke him home and then i was walking back and then i thought like yeah, first of all, yeah, you're gonna have this amount of money. You're gonna receive that. And I'm sure that you will find a job in like six months time or one year and you will get that X amount of money, but not even a single penny more than that. Which you need, the way you need to think about that. And this is again, it's my personal reflection. It might not be relevant. It might not resonate with you at all. But I was always thinking like, ah, oh, you know, what I'm financially a little bit, anxious person and I'm thinking like what amount of money would provide me with like the financial stability and the truth is I don't know well I don't know whether I need to have like you know hundred thousand pounds saved or I need to have four million pounds saved to feel the financial security the the truth is I want to feel free I want to feel free from suffering and free from feeling the burden of financial security. Like I want to be free and the free, it might be zero pounds per month or per, per annum. You know, I just might need to go to Nepal and just, you know, have the meditation in, you know, in, in Himalayi and I might not generate any income, but I might be free and I might be happy. Or I might move to Silicon Valley, a lovely California. I love this place. And, you know, start the tech company and start generating like millions a month. And then it might set me free. The truth is, I don't know. So rather than focusing on specific amount of money that I need to generate to become, to release my, to set myself free, I just want to focus on process. I just want to dive in and trust myself. And I know that I will get there, whatever it is. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Can thank I you. add, Carol? Yeah, go ahead, Barbara. Um, one of the things like with Ken Honda, with the money EQ quest that he does, a lot of it's also about the amount of container that you're capable of. So I had a client a month ago who's in Switzerland and she's making a million euros a month. And she said, I want to make 5 million euros a month. And I said, well, your container isn't big enough. Does that resonate with you that you can make 5 million euros a month? And she's like, no, but I'm making a million euros a month. I said, okay, fine. So let's just, we'll feel into what is it in your container so we basically, you know, were able to ascertain that her container was big enough to handle 1.55 million euros per month. That was, that was where she could go to and she could start doing checkpoints of adding 250,000, 250,000 of where they got incremental, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Once we did that, she resonated with 1.55 million a month and I haven't heard back from her. So I'm not sure, you know, whether or not she hit her target or not, but it's like, we take moonshots and we say, wow, this is what I want to go to. But Carol, you're talking about that freedom of feeling like what your container is capable of handling. Because for me, it, it's not about money. I agree with you. It's totally about feeling completely free of where I can have whatever I want. I can feel what I want. I, I, can, I can manifest what I need and what I want. And I just, when I, I just read an article about during the whole pandemic and lockdown, I never stressed out about toilet paper. I wasn't focused. I had everything that I needed. It was just completely just trusting that everything I needed was going to be provided. And it was, so that's that part too of like, I think it's the trust and then feeling that freedom because you really don't have control. So that, but it's, it's also creating this container 
almost energetically for yourself of you expand into, okay, well, I can handle, as you were saying, it's the feeling of having the big house. Well, you start off with a small house, maybe small, start out with a condo. You start out with, you know, you own your own this and that you own a car, you own this. And then you stretch into expanding that bigger piece of your own self of where your container can hold that amount of financial freedom for yourself or abundance or whatever you're doing. And to what you were saying about planning, I know that like, for example, Christopher posted this, that he was doing this. I woke up at 5.30 this morning so that I could be on this call. But my planner is my Bible. I literally, I write everything in advance on the planner and then I get to do everything that's on the planner. I don't have to think about it anymore because it's on the planner. If it's not on the planner, I'm not doing it. And Vishen Lakhiani puts in, he plans for a nap. He plans time in his day for daydreaming. He plans time for going to the gym. Everything that he does, he plans 24 hours a day and he has 17 projects going right now, but he said he's in such a state of flow, he never feels stressed out at all. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is amazing because it's really just being in that flow. When you're in flow, you're not controlling anything. You're just allowing this beautiful flow. It's like a river, the salmon swimming, anything. It's just being in flow. Um, the river, and in terms of uh, metaphor for resistance, the river doesn't resist the stones. It flows around them. And it's, uh, it, that, that is the key metaphor I use for, um, to explain the antithesis of control. Um, when you get into that flow and you just allow things to happen, you know there are going to be obstacles on your way, but you flow around them. And yep. if, if, you know, someone's put, and I've experienced this so much in the past, you know, three, four years uh, with really, really big things where I've, it's been just loggerheads with people and I've said, okay, that's the way the universe wants to play it. I'm just going to allow it. I'm just going to sit with it and allow it to be and visualize how I want to feel once uh, things are, um, have passed over. And lo and behold, a few months later, things just kind of resolve themselves to my benefit or to my higher good. And I think... Yeah. That's really important. You, you mentioned trust and faith there before. And I think that is really important when we, in order to release our expectation of control, expectation of the outcome, is to trust that things will happen the way they happen because they're supposed to happen. You know, it's the idea of the flow and the, the outcome for the highest good and that we view all if we view experiences as negative or positive, then we are going to want to control them. That's our human behavior. That's our human nature because we want to control them towards uh, the good side. You know, we want good experiences. But from my point of view, if I view experiences as simply just lessons, then it doesn't matter what is thrown at me and I don't need to control it because I am going to get the lessons I'm supposed to have and they are each a gift, every single one of them. And that allows me to kind of take my foot off the accelerator and say, you know what, I don't need to control it. It's not necessary. I will experience it the way I want to, uh, that I should experience it. And then I'll take whatever gift there is from it. Now, granted, there are going to be challenges in life. There are going to be of a higher order and you know i'm sure hopefully at some point i'll 
graduate towards that. <laughs> you know, hopefully I don't have to experience uh, too much trauma uh, uh, for the rest of my life. But whatever happens is going to happen. And I need, um, I, I can use as an example, last year my mom passed away in uh, November. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these very surreal situations where... I, I could uh, kind of sit back and I watched my grief and it, it, previously it's, it's something I've always wanted to control. But this time I sat back and I said, you know what? She has now passed away. I know she's, you know, with me in spirit. And of course my, my faith probably helps me there too. But, you know, I, uh, just knowing that it, it's, it was, I, I was going to get lessons from and I can watch my emotions coming up. It allowed me to express it in a healthy manner. I didn't have to have this explosive sense of grief because I allowed myself to go through those emotions and not control the process and just take the lessons and the, uh, the gifts from it. Let's look at the last one of these three um, things that we can control, thoughts, words, and actions, uh, words. So from my point of view, when I say something, I try to anyway. And the, <laughs> this is probably the, the thing where I, I try to uh, control others, uh, especially my children, you know, don't say that, that's mean, or, you know, uh, whatever it's, but I try to, in my own language, use, is it true, is it helpful, is it kind? If it passes those three filters, then I say it. Maybe um, it rules. Yes, Christopher, absolutely. Is it true, is it necessary, is it kind? Oh my God, I live by those words. I, yeah. I live by them. And what I've come to realize is that with my children, they're not going to do what I say. They're going to do what I do. So if I tell them, when I speak to you, I try to see if what I'm saying is true, is it helpful to you, and am I, am I being kind to you? Then that gives them a chance to kind of process that. And I, if I say it often enough, then it becomes part of their programming, right? Because we've had programming ourselves growing up that, you know, if you yell loud enough, you get your uh, will through, right? Um, but then you have to take the repercussions of, of that at a later stage, right? So what, what are your thoughts on the words? I think it's beautiful what you just said, like be kind, whoever is, you know, that, that filter. Uh, this is, True I think I've heard time. of it and like ages ago and I completely forgotten and you just kind of dust off my memory. So. I think I think it's it's great. So thank you very much for sharing that. And one of the things that I um, I believe in it's like is you know is the phenomenology. So it's basically you are you are your words. And this is very personal experience. So you know when I came to UK, I'm originally from Poland. When I came to UK, and my English wasn't. It was of course I had the school English, but. I wasn't like necessarily super um, able to talk 
English, like, you know, I wasn't native, if, if that makes sense. And for some time, I basically felt like I wasn't able to express my personality and my personality has changed. My personality has adapted. I became shy. I wasn't the person that I left Poland. Like coming to UK, I wasn't the person who, who left. I, I had to dis rediscover myself and that rediscovery was we was basically led to expansion of vocabulary and more vocabulary i know i can express myself better and i can allow more experience to arise so now i as you know christopher i decided to start writing a little bit like very very short reflective pieces um you know just once or twice a week just 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 a few thoughts down and I start reading novels and poems and things like that just to expand the vocabulary, just to, because I, I truly believe that expansions of that vocabulary, expansions of the language expand you as person, it broadens your horizons, it just makes you better and more kind human being. Absolutely. So yeah, you, you, can, you can control, definitely you can control your world, but it's your obligation as well and duty of care for, for you and for the planet to expand your experience and open it up well no, that, that's exactly the key and uh, you can't control but the point is that you can't control anybody else's words you can only control your own words so i think the best manual for this idea of control uh, is the um, uh, the the four agreements uh is really for me uh, it was instrumental in me understanding control in my own life and my the external uh, locus if you like um, and you know having the idea that not taking anything personally using my my words impeccably always doing the best and my best and not assuming anything about anybody else really allowed me to say I understand that I can't control anybody else and if they're standing there screaming the heads off at me, it's not about me. It is about them. It's about their, their inability to control themselves or inability to apply that control within themselves. So just kind of veering off slightly uh, to judgment, that also allows me to start asking questions. Why is that per what has the, that person experienced in their life? What trauma has that person experienced that makes them uh, feel that it's okay to uh, yell and scream like that? What, uh, what have they experienced? What hurts have they experienced to feel that kind of anger? And once I start asking those questions, as opposed to making assumptions and making statements, then any type, any form of judgment disappears and what is left is compassion. So it allows me to have compassion for anybody who, you know, is seemingly being mean to me. Um, and it allows me to have the experience and not judging the experience, just observing the experience. That makes sense? I I think sometimes, I, I think in the past, I focused so much more on other people, being in other people's shoes, et cetera. But I feel mm -hmm. like I've changed a lot of where I don't allow the hooks any longer. Um, 
if that makes any sense. I think a lot of times you have to have the programming of past things of where someone can actually plug into you so that they can trigger you on a particular emotion. Yeah. And when, you, if, when you've re released that, there's no place for them to plug in any longer. And one spiritual exercise that I, I use a lot, especially when it's something really challenging, like what you're talking about, where there's really intense emotions, is I imagine myself that I become that observer, as you were talking about, and I, I go up above the body and I look at everything as if everything is a chess game. Mm -hmm. And I can see all these different pieces, how they're all being moved around. And once I can see it from a, an, an elevated vantage point and I look down at the situation, all these things become clear because I'm not stuck in my body. I'm not stuck in all of the emotions. And then from there, everything gets given the, the green light. And then you can go from that perspective. Because I mean, I, I work for somebody who is such a damaged human being, so full of pain and, and other things. And that person has tried to come at me from that perspective. But by the same token, it, it's not, it doesn't work. I, I always am able to see the the 10 steps that they take to try to be able to, you know, bring about what they think is control for themselves. And they don't understand why they keep losing, but, and it's not really about winning or losing, but it's, you know, it's my employment at this moment. So I need to keep my job. And well, they, so they lose the, the, they lose the, um, the opportunity for the lesson. They lose the, uh, the gift. Yes. That they could get through that experience. But uh, do you feel, do you agree with that? It makes you, uh, it gives you an opportunity to feel compassion instead of uh, anger towards that person? Oh yeah, because I see her, her 12 year old wounded self. She's still yeah. operating 12 year old wounded person who then feels like, you know, if she can, and the problem too is that a lot of times people feel like other people respect them, but what they really have for them is, is fear. A yeah. lot of people are fearful of people. so that person has the illusion that everybody adores them and thinks they're a great boss, but everybody really actually has complete fear. So they'll do and say whatever she wants them to say. Whereas yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't operate in that fashion. So therefore I get the wrath coming at me. Of why can't I control you? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. the whole thing. Absolutely. And it becomes that fear. You become a threat to her, uh, her identity. Yep. So yeah, no, and it's, uh, I think what you were saying there, Barbie, about taking the bird's eye perspective and being able to view any experience from the many different perspectives that exist will allow you to see where the lesson is for you and where the gift is for you. Yep. But also to have that compassion for anyone involved and that you know, in my coaching business, you know, I use four pillars really, and that's compassion, forgiveness, gratitude, and acceptance. Those are the four pillars I use. And then obviously I have tools on top of that in order to achieve those things in, in uh, within your life. Um, but I think that is super, uh, super important. Uh, and uh, you mentioned that, Bobby, to have that bird's eye perspective to, to really allow yourself to experience it from all different perspectives. So that, that's beautiful. Thank you, Bobby. Um, I appreciate it. I did definitely. I mean, I had one, one day of a complete freak out where I could barely breathe. And I, I had this like, you know, close to a panic attack because I was like, okay, this really isn't happening. But then once I, was able to, you know, collect myself and then do that, you know, 
chess game vantage point, everything I needed all came to me. And the next thing you know, you know, I had a lawyer, I had all sorts of different things. And within 24 hours, everything had resolved itself. It was calm. It was over. And bottom line is that, you know, now it's not something I need to focus on any longer because, but it, it's, it's still, one thing that really shocks me is sometimes the lengths that people will go to, to try to come after other people. That that's the only thing that it, it's, I don't ever go, I don't intentionally ever try to hurt anybody. I'm always trying to think about love and peace and compassion and all the good things in life. So that people put so much effort into being like a mean person or, or just coming after somebody intentionally. That's, that's also why I don't do all the social media stuff. Cause I, mm. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with people who, you know, drag this person online or they have this comment or whatever else. It's like, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to go into the public square and watch like, you know, or even witness other people's ugliness that they feel that they can just drop those words into someone else's face. Yeah. And I think that really kind of leads very well into um, the, the kind of key word that I feel that uh, control, you know, when you look at control, we, uh, what control we have in life, um, and the, the opposite, when we try to exercise control outside of ourselves, we agree that it's very, oftentimes it's, uh, all emanates from fear. I think the antithesis of that is acceptance. So you being able to accept that others have their paths and their learning experiences in a different way than you have. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. That allows you to release those and not attach to those uh, dramas or those uh, experiences that are not part of your journey. No, and I actually welcome that. Honestly, to me, having the diversity of thought and being able to express it, I think is something so fundamental to an advanced civilization because I need to hear the things that you don't agree with me on. I need to hear the things that you say, you know what? I don't agree with you. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is why I don't need to change my mind, but by the same token, I want to hear, I love being around all sorts of people that have all sorts of different points of view because it's exhilarating and it makes you alive. Because if you're always with people that only think like you and you're in an echo chamber, when you step out of that, you don't understand that other people don't believe the same things that you do. And that's the part it's very dangerous so to me it's like i want to know that this is your perspective i want to hear your opinion on this back in the day you know we used to debate all the time with all these different you know sides of different things i have lots of friends with people that don't agree with me we have completely different philosophies of life but it doesn't matter because i accept them as the person not that they're a system of beliefs yeah and that that's the key there accept someone else's journey for what it is so we've uh now I've been on here for an hour and 15 minutes. So uh, I think that's uh, a good, good time. And uh, I think we've uh, kind of worked through some very heavy subjects and uh, really had some really awesome conversations. So thank you all for your contributions and uh, I wish you all a wonderful week ahead. Wow, I hope you enjoyed that. I found that was some real nuggets of gold and real diamonds in there of the wisdom and information that 
we can all bring into our daily lives and our meditations and our practices to really enhance and uplift ourselves. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it again and uh, until next time uh, please do visit us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk to explore our meditations and see what we can do for you on uh, the coaching side. Appreciate it. Have a great one.